The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. Welcome to Connected. This is the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we talk with members of our arts community in Elgin and beyond. My name is Erin Rayberg, and I am one of the founders and executive directors of Side Street Studio Arts. And today I am joined by someone I'm relatively familiar with, (laughs) um, who is also my husband and the other founder and executive director of Side Street Studio Arts, Tanner Melvin. Hi, Tanner. Hi, Erin. (laughs) How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, We are here on... Well, that's, it's January 7th, and it is real cold outside. Yes, it is. The windows are frosted up here in the office at Side Street, and Tanner just got done salting outside, and the space heaters are cooking in our old building. (laughs) But Side Street, most of Side Street is dark right now. We've learned over the years that January is a good time to not only take a break for ourselves and our staff, but... Also for artists to (laughs) spend some time uh, in their warm homes making and our supportive audiences and families um, need some downtime after the rush of the holidays and and, in this cold weather. So um, Tanner and I have been kind of enjoying this moment of catching up and looking back on the last year and looking forward to next next year. Um, Tanner, what are you thinking about this January? I am already thinking about events in August and September. Well, actually, that start in May and then August, September, and then October, and even something this December. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to <clears throat> some new opportunities. I think we have a lot going on as normal, uh, as we normally do, but also. I've had a lot of ideas that haven't been able to come to fruition over the past few years or nine years. And, uh, yeah, I kind of feel ready to, to rock and roll in, uh, in some aspects. I feel like we're starting to get comfortable. Isn't the right word, but acclimated to living in this world. That is just a series of question marks laid out before us and a series of letdowns and a series of letdowns. I I feel less let down each time we have to cancel or rearrange things yeah. now cuz I think we're more prepared that that's going to have to happen. Um but just like a year ago, just like a year and a half ago, we are planning things knowing that they might not happen and back updates yeah. and all that sort of thing. Well, I think it, you know, a lot of this has allowed us time and space to become less, as we like to say, like, uh, less, uh, we like to say, (laughs) fill in the blank, Aaron. Stagnant? Uh, No, uh, precious. Things, you know, become less precious. So we don't want to, you know, uh, rest on that. And when we do cancel something, it's like, we just cancel it. It's something that 
you know, we've gotten to be good at, but it's also like, we know that it's for the betterment of our community or our staff or all the above, you know, and as much as it sucks to have to cancel a live music, you know, uh, a show or, uh, an open mic or whatever, you know, it's, you know, we're at the first week of January and nothing's looking better right now. It's looking worse actually. So it's like even looking, we have to look at February, March, you know, with year nine coming up in March or nine, our nine year exhibit or anniversary exhibit. Um, it's scary because two years ago, Friday the 13th, we shut down. Hopefully we can get away with it this year, you know, and do something good. But it's, um, yeah, we, we just become pretty good <laughs> at shutting things down and, you know, protecting ourselves, which we have to be cognizant of now moving forward more so than ever, for sure. And as we move forward side street as a whole and, um, Tanner and I, along with our wonderful assistant directors, Yvette and Nick have been talking a lot. Tanner and I talk every day about how to maintain programming, but also be safe and, and aware of the world around us. What we do is important. It is not worth um, getting sick. It is definitely not worth dying for. Um, and so we're moving into 2022 with some pretty strict parameters, some pretty strict vaccination parameters for our staff, especially those who are going to be teaching young artists in this uh, winter, spring and summer. Um, and then we have decided to, for the foreseeable future, ask for proof of vaccination when people come to um, our bigger events, events where you're going to be able to, uh, you know, have a cup of wine or events where, the, where there'll be more than 10 or so people in the room, um, like a performance or an art clash that we have coming up. Um, talk about us trying to figure that out yeah. and make those decisions. <clears throat> Even that, it's become, you know, at first when we were like, oh, maybe that's overstepping or whatever, but now it's almost become the norm because of all these breakthroughs that are literally breaking through. You know, people that, are, that have, that are all vaxxed up, they've got a booster, maybe even two now, and they're still getting sick. So it is still scary, of course, and this is just precaution, the base precaution moving forward, you know, masks and vaccinations. And it is... It is a big decision. You know, we didn't come to that easily, um, but also it got easier to come to that decision, you know, as the weeks have gone by since November, when since we started talking about about it because of the Omicron variant. But, um, you know, it's it's one of the things like, you know, some people aren't going to be happy about that. And that's OK. We understand that. But also we're doing what we can for our organization. This is our organization, meaning our staff is, it, we're all one, we're all part of it. And we have to make sure that we're all as safe as possible. And that might be helping other staffers get vaccinated. That might be, um, uh, you know, mandate, really mandating the masking uh, to a point where, it, you know, some people aren't down for that. Cool, okay, that does not mean you can't come back later. You just can't come here now. Um, with all the events coming up, it's still, like I said, it's, it's still, I'm still nervous, but also we have to do what we have to do, um, until it doesn't feel right. And then, like I said, we say no and we cancel something. Um, but I think moving forward in the next couple months, knock on wood, 
things are going to you know lighten up a little bit and uh, we'll be able to have you know the art clash in February and then uh, which we've already pushed back and then uh, we've got a rental you know we're working with the, another group uh, Kane um, Repertory Theater um, they've got a rental here in February and I really hope I mean, it's a three-week rental where they're investing a lot of time and energy and resources, and I really hope that they can, they're able to do so here, um, you know, and, uh, you know, we've really focused on ourselves <clears throat> with this, but all of this has stemmed from our considerations with other organizations that we've either, uh, you know, events we've attended and, you know, like say for like Steppenwolf, it's like, okay, well, you have to sit six feet apart minimum plus wear a mask, plus be vaxxed and show all that, that proof. And even then you just never know. Um, but we went off of that, those kind of guidelines. We've seen a lot of groups, uh, do that proving that, you know, proof of vaccination really started for us started last summer when, you know, going, uh, when we went to see Dave and it was like one of those things It's like, okay, well, we have to start proving, proofing, proving that we're vaccinated. Um, and, that allows us in, in places, but. And we have <clears throat> considerations, right? We Tanner and I talk about Steppenwolf a lot. We right. love Steppenwolf. We love going to shows. Um, Side Street Studio Arts is not Steppenwolf. No. Side Street Studio Arts Definitely does not, not have the resources of Steppenwolf. Downtown Elgin is not Lincoln Park. <laughs> it's not Correct. Lakeview, anywhere around there. And uh, that's a good thing. Um, but also, <coughs> Gazuntai. <Excuse me. laughs> also, we don't have um, the infrastructure or the ability to renovate our rented spaces for better airflow. We are in beautiful right. old buildings um, that we don't have the means or ability to alter to make. Uh, ventilation better and that sort of thing. So not only are we thinking about the masks and the vaccination and, and all of that, but there is a, a limited amount we can oh, do with and in and from our spaces when we are in here to be able to um, make them safer. So the thing we can control or attempt to control, right, is adhering to these things that this is the safest we can possibly be. Yeah, all moment. of our, you know, cleaning guidelines and uh, and providing providing masks. You know, we, we bought masks, we bought gloves, we bought all the hand sanitizer and stuff. And so we have that in case people don't have that, which there are a lot of folks that don't have access to, you know, good masks or... Um, or even hand sanitizer, even though it's everywhere, you know, you're just trying, we're trying to do our best in order to provide that to, a, to our communities that might need that. Um, you know, the best thing we can do here is, and what we've done is installed, um, you know, higher end uh, furnace filters, you know, especially for the winter and we can't necessarily have the windows open, but we know that when we have larger events, it gets hot, we can keep the, keep the windows open. And doesn't impact us negatively necessarily, but yeah, it's, um, I don't, I mean, to your point, it's, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot of stress and it was now we kind of know what to do and how to do it. Um, and that allows us to, it frees us up to focus on other things when we have those protocols in place, um, and just maintaining it's the maintenance of those protocols and like making sure that people 
you know, wear masks when they come in and, and that are vaxxed, you know, and cleaning and all of those things because it's, uh, it's still going on. <laughs> well, we all know <laughs> that it's still going on, but we did want to talk a little bit today about 2021 and there was a lot of frustration and a lot to um, be down about, but as an organization, nah. there was an awful lot to be up <laughs> about as yep. well. And so I just want to talk of, uh, about a few of those things that we're particularly proud of in 2021. Tanner and I have bragging problems that um, <laughs> we will have a success and it's just time to move on to the next thing. And sometimes that will be a success and sometimes it won't. And so we're not always the best at sharing those successes. Um, and so I'm just going to force us to talk a little bit oh, about boy. those successes today because, you know, cocktail hour at home once in a while, we'll be like, you know what? That was a good thing, but we don't always say it out loud. So I'm just going to run through some of our 2021 numbers. Um, and uh, when I finish, you tell me anything that sticks out to you. Oh, I have to wait? You have to wait okay. if you can. Uh, in 2021, Side Street Studio Arts hosted or produced 27 visual art exhibitions, 403 free or low-cost arts education events, 105 live or virtual performing arts events, 48 community moves um, or Side Street Art Mobile arts education events, three artist interns, one artist in residence, uh, 171 hours of discounted or donated space for creative events or area organizations. We did get to produce the Elgin Fringe Festival live yep. last year. We did get to produce the Going Dutch Festival live. We started our podcast. We uh, purchased a van to transport young artists or artists of any kind. It just happens to be young artists so far. Um, we kept moving forward with Side Street TV. We began a partnership with Gigawatt Coffee Roasters. Um, we paid out over $20,000 to area artists through their performances, through their art sales. And then one number that's kind of blowing our minds uh, this year, between paying out those artists um, our, and our, all our Side Street staff, we paid out $205,000 to those involved in working or creating for and with Side Street in 2021. Um, That's ridiculous. So those are some really exciting numbers. That that paying staff number just always gets us because for so long we couldn't do that and didn't do that and didn't get paid ourselves. So that's always a really exciting one. But Tanner, what of some of those numbers stands out to you? <laughs> well, that last one for sure. Uh, but I remember when you said that, you know, in June you'd written, it was like 47 checks to, mm -hmm. to yeah. 47 different people <clears throat> for June's July's payday for July's payday, you know, and that's, those are staff and that's, um, that just immediately shows how much we grow and we, you know, we ebb and flow and you know, like in the summer we have a lot more people working because of our programming. Um, and then, but even now, you know, year round, it has grown immensely compared to five, six years ago. Um, yeah, you know, starting the way we did, such a with a small, such a small budget, and uh, then growing it in the past 
eight and a half years, it's, uh, that's substantial, especially for this community. Um, that's really amazing. Uh, I love to see the number, the, uh, the free low cost, uh, arts education. I uh, was at 403 mm-hmm. classes. Is that classes or? Yep. It's a, it's events. events so it's classes, right? so, it's yeah, workshops, ranges. it's stuff in the community. And you know, we, and for some of the people, uh, if they're still listening, um, you know, a long time ago, uh, there was this idea floating around between the two of us of um, maybe a school of some sort, uh, an art school. Um, and then that kind of evolved over the years. And then when we started Side Street, one of the first goals was to provide our arts education programming, you know, adult and kid stuff uh, for free. And last year was the first year we were able to do that. And it was, you know, to see coming at, coming into it f- during a pandemic, um, shocking. It was shocking to be able to do that. Um, and it was also, it was just one of the things that we, we kind of came out of the mire and been, we were able to do that uh, because of so many amazing folks that donated and our funders and yeah. uh, you know the gifts that we did receive. Um, Just to add to what Tanner's saying there, we used emergency funds that we received to pay our staff to create virtual arts education programming yeah. to get art supplies <clears throat> to kids. And then what remained, we said, okay, we can do arts education for free when we come back. And individual donors and larger foundation donors saw that believed in it and have continued to support it to the point where we know we can have free arts education for young people for 2022 and 2023 we've made our saturday drop-ins free Um, those used to be a nominal fee and all of our arts education programming for k through seniors in high school will now be free for at least the next two years and fingers crossed for as long as this joint is around yeah that's i don't care who you are that's special (laughs) that is uh that's something that is just really mind-bottling you know it uh it really is to be <laughs> so able to <laughs> to be able don't to don't worry he's not teaching that much anymore no, he's not, I'm not teaching your kids to no. say mind bottling yeah uh maybe <laughs> this summer though uh no it is it's it's really important and i know like you said Aaron that we we don't necessarily stop and think about it because we're always moving forward and trying to do new things but for anyone out there that is interested and wants to be a part of side street like that's what we do we try to focus on those types of things and try to create opportunities and that goes from you know administrative staffing volunteers artists and residents all the way to your student that wants to uh, come in and try something um there is a lot of uh i don't know how you would say it um just because it's free doesn't mean that these classes are of a lesser you know um uh, caliber caliber yeah there you go no they're taught by professional artists working in their fields and i think that type of or that structure of free programming is not um it's not as understood 
in most circles or most communities like people see it and they're like oh okay well it's, it might be you know something free they can just pop into or whatever it's like no it's really structured and really important and really focused and dedicated like you said these professional artists that we work with i mean we have a giant list of people that are just some of the most creative and caring and giving people but they also it's a job and that's awesome but providing that to our community and providing it to the kids and families is such a big deal, especially now. And we, you know, we know that. We love the kids. We miss the kids when they're not mucking everything up around here. As, <laughs> Even then. As Even then. Yvette says, um, I like to, you know, be around the kids to steal their souls to stay young and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, I don't know. <laughs> but that. we do love our, our arts education and our free arts education programming. But what else is on that 2021 oh. wrap up list that strikes you and, and excited you last year? I got to read it because I don't remember. Did you do, yeah, 20,000 to area visual and performing artists? Did you read that? Yep. Okay, cool. What do you want me to read? I don't want you to read anything. I want me to tell me what you were excited about last year. Um, I can tell you I what really you were excited. Enjoy, yeah. Well, you know, I we started started I started Side Street TV, which is a great uh, a platform for video artists and artists and other performers that want to create work uh, in the video medium to share their work through video medium. Um, we're doing it again. We're just we're moving forward. Uh, you know, just because it's a lot, um, trying to get more people to help with that. But one of the other great things I think is the amount of um, curated exhibits that we're doing, meaning that we have other guest curators coming in, uh, people coming in, artists, uh, and people we know, board members even, coming in and curating exhibits. Um, that's just spreading our, our opportunities to the public in a different way and getting connected with artists that we, as an organization, might not necessarily connect with. You know, we don't know everybody. That's not the point. The point is to connect to other people that know other people and other people and other people. Um, like, uh, you know, Fred's uh, 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 February exhibit last year. Uh, the uh, Black then, black yeah, now, black in the middle. Yep. Uh, celebrating uh, Black History Month. And we've, he's doing another one this year called uh, Black Spectrum. Um, and that's really exciting. Uh, we're, we'd get a different uh, group of, of folks and artists in here and, you know, people that Fred has wor have worked with in his past live. Um, and then, you know, Rachel's show that just ended, uh, or the show that she helped Selfish. curate. Selfish. Um, you know, a number of those things. Those are, that's really exciting. And uh, I've, we've definitely seen an increase of our network or our reach to different artists, um, you know, nationally, globally, um, in a number of different ways. And that's really exciting. Um, yeah. We've always been focused on representation within our gallery. Very early on, we had a show, but it might have been like our third or fourth show, and Tanner Roberto Martinez, who was an intern and then gallery manager and then assistant director Ooh. years ago and is a good friend of ours, um, we had the three of us were having a meeting and we looked around and there were no female artists on the wall and it was a beautiful show but 
not one of us, myself included, had noticed that without the intention being no female artists, this show had gone up with no female artists yeah. on the wall. <clears throat> and I know I got really mad at myself for not paying attention to that. And I think when you two saw how frustrated I was, it kind of opened us all up to... For sure. We were we were so about okay we got what's the next show we got to get art on the walls whoever that is let's go let's go and had been relatively reflective of the community by doing that because we were ingrained in the community but that opened our eyes to we have to pay attention to this every step of the way and that was uh, seven and a half eight mm -hmm. years ago and not a year or a few months goes by that we don't look at something and say we need to pay attention to this we need to pay attention to this we need to pay attention to the ages of our artists we need to pay attention to the backgrounds of our artists we need to pay make sure that these opportunities that you're talking about are being offered and presented to those who can speak to their lived experience that will benefit our audiences and the artists that we are trying to um, get grow networks with, as well as represent our community. And we have a Elgin is a very diverse community, and making sure that that door is open to all voices, right? We talk about no hate speech, no law breaking, right? But these voices need to be presented. And so we're constantly asking ourselves these questions. And right now um, we're in the middle of really defining what representation and equity are at Side Street. When Tanner and I started, we were like, we provide the platform, the artists provide the voice. We were kind of in that kind of place and as we've grown, we have become more diverse, more equitable, and more vocal about the different populations we work with, but we haven't codified that. We haven't yeah. paid attention to how specifically we've done that. And so we're trying to put words to how we've done that in order to show what we've done, the mistakes we've made, as well as the successes, and hold ourselves to higher, better, different standards moving forward so that we are continuing to reflect the community we're a part of. I'm, I'm sorry I jumped in there. It's just something that um, I know have been talking to Chris, our mm -hmm. visual art coordinator, and he's working to figure out who all the artists we've had over the last eight years have been and where they're coming from. And... Uh, so that we can hold ourselves to some sort of specific and clear standard moving forward and continue to improve on that for years to come. And one of the things that plays into that is a board member like the wonderful Fred Wims, who's been with us for years now um, as an artist and now a board member for the past three or four years. Jeez, has it been that long? I think so, because COVID year in there. Yeah. Um, and he's one of those humans that helps us do just that, comes up with really creative, right? We all know Fred comes up with really creative ideas, but make sure that they're ingrained in what Elgin is and who Elgin is um, while bringing local and artists from afar into the picture. Yeah, that's very well said. And and I, I uh, it really makes me think, you know, you asked like, 
the mm. best stuff about last year or whatever, you know, I, I think a lot of it is for me is getting out of the way. Mm. We've gotten to a point where we can, <clears throat> excuse me, we can and have removed ourselves from certain roles, certain situations so that others can step up. And then that allows, that's, uh, you know, that creates another uh, optic or, you know, a different set of optics to the community in public, meaning that, you know, they're not always seeing Tanner or Aaron at, uh, you know, at, at the elementary school for community moves, you know, like they get to see Nick or they get to see a different teacher that Nick has worked with and that we might not even know about necessarily. But Nick, as an assistant director, is, you know, as in charge of a certain program they are the ones that are able to find new people and to, and to bring in new, new blood for, for a, uh, uh, for program, you know? And I think that's really great that it's, that we're able to do that, you know, and then we've had such amazing staff working with us that where we can back up, focus and refocus, right? Like you've, you've, and, and that doesn't mean taking on less. That might be, actually mean taking on more, but in different ways, you know, with grant writing, facilities, um, just driving, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you drove a lot last summer and uh, that's something that I know, you know, get you getting an administrative assistant, that's something that is important so that you can focus on more grant, you know, more grant writing or more teaching or more what, what have you. Um, that's really key. It's key for our growth. It's key, not just for growth. It's key for sustainability because that really helps us not burn out. It changes things a little bit. Uh, and then again, you know, it's like, okay, well, if this isn't going to work, you know, we could talk to with the vet and be like, great. How's that program or how's that class you're doing? No, it sucks. Okay. You don't want to do it. Great. Why is it not working? You know, we look at all those things and be like, we either manipulate it or we get rid of it and we move forward. Having people around us that are capable of doing that is super important. So kind of back what you're saying, I think one reason this is, we are where we are is because we've done a great job at casting a really broad net. And I'm going to compare our, our, all of our artists right now to fish. Uh, but <laughs> not <laughs> the, the band. band. No, 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 <laughs> no, not fish. The band. I S H. Yes. Fish in that, uh, and not in a negative way. I'm going to hopefully do this correctly, but like, you know, we, we, people come in and we say yes, or we say no, or it works out or it doesn't. And, you know, it could be our problem, could be, you know, or our, our issue or theirs or whatever. It's all, it's amoebic. It's always moving. We are always absorbing all, you know, we're, we're, we're learning as a, as an organization, organization, an organism, um, and that's important to, again, it, it, it branches out itself because those people connect with others in ways that we can't or we don't. And then we get that. And then that's marketing as well. That helps with getting people to our space. It helps with getting kids here, families, you know, people that might come in once every six months. Uh, but it's important that they know that we are here. Things are consistent. And and what does that have they to do are with fish? fish? <laughs> nothing. Nothing he said. I said, was you know, relative. casting a net, bringing the right fish in, or and the fish that want to stay, and then we keep with, yeah, okay. Uh, sea anemones? Then, no, no sea anemones. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, 
That's who we are. We are amoebic fish. Well, it's nets. one thing Tanner and I, Tanner, <laughs> if you know Tanner, sometimes his brain goes big, 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 big. And then shuts and off. All, yeah, and then shuts <laughs> off. And all of a sudden we will have thought about, by we, I say him, have thought about <laughs> knocking down three buildings and building a brand new state-of-the-art art center and this, that, and the other thing. And... And, and but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but's fine. That's fine. Where I am constantly at, and and part of what tempers the two of us is that he can think big, but I also know, as does he, that we are able to be amoebic and pivot right. because of the small size of our organization. Now, small means something very different to us than it did eight years ago when it was just two people, but. We are able to pivot like we did during COVID. We are able to have that conversation with a vet. Oh, this class didn't work. Okay, let's not do it again. Right. We'll do it in this way. Or there's a better teacher for it. Okay, because we are a relatively small organization with a relatively small board that can communicate quickly and trust each other, trust those staff, trust our board, our board trusts us, and we are able to pivot quickly, adapt quickly, cancel quickly, add quickly. Um, and and that's something that I, I think really benefits our area and benefits the organization. And I don't want to lose even as we grow. Um, well, that's the totally. difficult part. I mean, we become managers. You know, we said that before. It's like we're managing more people or more programs, I mean, or, or more committees or what, what have you. That is time consuming and that's difficult and not everyone is capable of doing that. And luckily we, you and I are, and that we can help people learn how to do that, right? Like we didn't, you didn't just know how to manage and to, that you learn, you had jobs, you, you developed your own style. You saw what you liked, what you didn't like, how things worked. And that's what our staff is doing too, you know, like I just mentioned this morning uh, about like I created a, a little video for one of our assistants that uh, in order to work on our website and because I thought it would just be easier to do that versus having to have a call or Zoom or whatever and actually go through. It's like, just do this and then you'll learn and, you know, and they're awesome anyway. So it wouldn't be, it's not difficult or it's not, uh, you know, it's like, like I can't ask them to do that because I know they can. Just need them to do it and move on. And those growth opportunities, learning, you know, those hard skills, but also giving time for people to develop their soft skills. And I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen Nick and Yvette grow immensely in those two, those two capacities and, you know, and being able to learn, uh, you know, certain programs, like online programs or in person and then teaching and learning. And it's just, it's all combined and it's all, it can be very difficult as we do scale and we're doing it organically and we, we could, we could jump in and, you know, if we build it, they will come. And, but that's not this, the way that this downtown works. That's not the way this town works. That's my, that might not even be the way Anything the world works <laughs> right, right now, right. especially during pandemic. So we just have to kind of wait and see, but also, you know, we, we've tightened our, uh, we've tightened the, whatever you call it, our, our, our organizational <laughs> constraints. 
uh, you know, so that we can put more money into certain places and and be able to do more with less. But but as we grow, even we're doing more with more, you know. Um, so it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, plus, and you know, your profit and loss. Like, are we are we gaining more? Yes. Are we providing more? Yes. Those were those answers. Those yeses probably weren't. Or those questions probably didn't get yeses four years ago, you know, but maybe they did. I don't know. I, when I first interviewed Risa Jones really early on, she might have been the first person I interviewed yeah. for Connected. I asked her, how many kids do you think you've worked with over the years? She's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to think about that. And through different work I've done with her, I've kind of multiple times heard her say that in different ways. Someone who is such a wonderful educator and has reached so many youth in our community that it's not about presenting the numbers of people right. you have reached. It's about, especially when you're teaching young artists, you don't know the outcomes of this for a generation necessarily. And so how many people through the door, while it can be interesting, Sometimes when we're writing grants or talking about these end of year numbers, we're like, oh, it was that many more people than last year or this. And it, it doesn't have to be about that. It doesn't have to be about exponential growth year after year after year when your resources are maxed and you're providing quality programming. Right, right. It can be about maintenance and a thriving community within that exact space that you have set up. Um, and sometimes I have to remind myself of that. And sometimes we have to remind each other of that too. Yeah. It's always great to see like those, those big numbers. Like when we did the, uh, art kits, the free art kits, uh, <laughs> 2020 to 2021. Over 10,000 individuals reached. Like that's, that number is incredible. And it, but it's not that we ourselves did that. Right. We had so many people buying supplies, donating funds so that we could buy supplies, volunteering to make supplies, you know, or to make the kits and everything and and then to deliver those kits. And it's but to see those big numbers is of course incredible. And I don't, you know, it, some people, it matters to, to some people that matters and to some it doesn't, you know, and how do you, how do you, um, quantify that? You know, you do say, okay, well, we did 5,000 kids last year came through the, the doors and then, you know, those kids in 10 years, you know, well, yeah, like, you know, what is our return on that investment? <laughs> like, it's not the point. Right. Because there might not be, you know, but we know that in the moment, those kids are doing something different. They're doing something, they're being imaginative and creative and they're problem solving and they're looking for new things to new questions to, to form during those classes and during these events and to be out in public and actually, or in a private setting, you know, in a class, but it's to say that they're at a public event. Like we, that's important that they get out and just be around other people. We you know, and you know? all of our staff have, Endless anecdotes, right? Just right, when you're right. having a week where you're like, what am I doing? Right? You <laughs> are looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, what is this? Who am I? You have a young artist feel comfortable coming out to you yeah. or 
you have a child talk about a friend of theirs that isn't doing well and you're able to work with them. Or you have an adult who walked away from art a long time ago because of whatever and on a whim submitted to a show and has found it again. And anecdote upon anecdote upon anecdote for those sorts of things. Some of my favorite moments, right? I do not have the time to drive as much last summer, (laughs) those kids, as I did this summer. Or strike that, reverse that. But some of my favorite moments were those dang conversations in that van. I'm like, what are these amazing humans talking about? And having real conversations with these kids that were exciting. And um, that I learned from too. And we we all have those endless anecdotes. Um, and they tend to really come when you're like, I need a nap or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever you're looking for. So, and taking again, I think we had to learn, we've learned hard uh, lessons that we've been able to pass on to others, you know, and that's what our kind of our job is to learn deal go through the the hard stuff so that others don't um and we've we've learned that we've learned a lot of that and been like yeah like i don't know where i was going with this but uh (laughs) we also have great staff young and our age that when we're like oh we did that five years ago they're like bitch (laughs) you and we'll push back and be like maybe you didn't do it right or maybe that wasn't the right time or maybe and and not just learn from the things we did and what we tell them about it but be like well i still want to do it or i'm going to do it this way or what you know that kind of thing which is why it's so important to have such a range of staff that that we have found ourselves working with and it's really exciting yeah i want to bring up um, your gigawatt collaboration because I really love this. Will you talk about how that happened and what the heck it is? Yeah. So, uh, last probably it was during, so they moved the uh, downtown neighborhood association moved the farmer's market onto spring street two years ago? years ago. Yeah. Something like that. And then this year, uh, which we, were, we love. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Uh, this year we were a little more active as we had a, uh, an outdoor bar, uh, within the footprint. Uh, so it was great for us to meet people, you know, it's, it's just a marketing thing as well as making a little bit of money every Friday. Um, but I had met, I just went down and looked for coffee one day and met Eli from Gigawatt. And then the next time I met Eli and, uh, I believe it's uh, his wife, Jen, um, and the owners and, and the people that started it. Uh, so we just started talking and I was, and I, I think I probably brought it up to Eli the first day I met, I was like, man, I really wanted to do some kind of cool collaboration with, um, I'm, and I know I brought up beer cause I was like, I wanted to have our own beer, you know, and, you know, side street beer with cool labels and everything. And I was like, let's do it with coffee. Like, would you guys be interested? And they were like, yeah. So Flash forward to November, or no, it was, uh, October. So I did it. We did it for Small Business Saturday. It was actually we did it real fast. Anyway, Eli came back and was like, "Let's do it this way." And uh, so they he created a uh, specific roast for Side Street. Um, After you talked about things you like and want in coffee, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know, and 
time of year and everything. So we decided on a, uh, a smoother, uh, as we call winter chill. That's what we decided uh, to call it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really, it's strong, smooth coffee you can drink a lot of. And that's what I wanted. And so they, uh, they made it, they packaged it, and we bought the stickers. We worked with, uh, I actually had um, asked our new artist in residence, Andrew Vo, to design the, uh, the sticker. And the label. Yeah, the label. And of course, with Andrew, he just killed it. Just, you know, knocked it out of the park. And uh, hopefully you can see uh, that. And if you don't, you can buy some and made. We still have some left. And online. Uh, yeah. Oh, and online. That's right. Um, but yeah, we did bean, you know, whole bean and then ground stuff. But it's uh, it was great. And working with them was super exciting because I know that we're going to do another one. We might, we were, the idea was to do seasonally. So you have winter, spring, summer, and then a fall. Um, you know, immediately like spring would have a lot more floral notes. Summer, uh, more grass and dried flavor. Uh, and then in the in the fall, we could definitely do um, you know if we want to like a pumpkin spice kind of coffee or something like that. Hazelnut Ride maybe that pumpkin train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way to the bank <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, but it's just they're great. You know, they give away their coffee at the market, and uh, I think they're based in Bensonville. But uh, they, they do a lot and they are, you know, they're not from Elgin, but more and more people I've been, I've met, especially during the market. It's like, no, we're not from here, but we come here a lot. And sorry, I just put my hand in front of my face. They don't come here or they don't live here, but they, they come to Elgin for certain reasons and they, they like it. And that's really cool to see. And, uh, and yeah, so, and I loved the, the label, their coffee. That's really what, what, what struck me first, it, you know, uh, for anyone that knows Back to the Future, you know, uh, Doc Brown's 1.21 gig. He says gigawatts, but now we know it's gigawatts. Um, but gigawatt coffee, it's just a cool design that Jen made and uh, just a really good group of people that we wanted to work with. I wanted to work with and, and definitely continue to. So, yeah, check it out. Gigawattcoffeeroasters.com, I believe, <laughs> is their website. Um, yeah, you can find them on Facebook. All that. It's always interesting to me to see other husband and wife business yeah. owners yeah. like appearing to like each other yeah. <laughs> and um, work together because we know how it, interesting it can be for us. It has been really good for our relationship. I don't. I'm, I some people it might not be. I don't know. Um, we you know lost one of our favorite couples, yeah. Chris and Kathleen Mao, but watching them work together and. The support plus the eye rolling, you know, <laughs> um, is, a high bar. is just so sure. relatable yeah. um, and it's it's fun to see and you can just have different flavored conversations with, uh, you know, husband and wife or couple teams there. We're even, even thinking of um, Jake and Shane, the Mayfields, yeah, who sure. come to Fringe Festival. We had dinner with a couple months ago now, right, talking about working with your partner professionally to, right, tr to right. try and pay the bills and, and create and build something. It's just so interesting to me and to, and to find those moments where people roll their eyes at their best friend um, and those moments where they're just gushing over the work that their best friend does is just really fun to see. And I, I like seeing that about Gigawatt too. That's really, really exciting and inspiring to me. 
It is. You're right. It's, it's, I think we kind of, or I kind of bypass that, you know, and don't pay enough attention to it. It's not what it's about, right? right. But But it is cool. I mean, it's, they, you work together and you live together. You're together a lot. (laughs) I mean, it, it, it is, it can be difficult, but it, can be beautiful too. You, you know? have to learn when to read the face of I don't want to talk about work. <laughs> I don't know what mine Shut looks like, but I can mouth. feel it when Tanner yeah. goes, so, and it's like yeah. right at bedtime or something. And I'm sure, I'm sure the reverse is true as well. Um, putting you on the spot, yeah. thinking of last year, 2020, 20, what was it? 2021. What's one moment you kind of remember and kept you going? Kept me going? For the year. Oh, my gosh. Oh. What's your good thing for yeah. Side Street in 2021? Um, I can do mine if you need time. Yeah, do yours first, please. Mine it was the first moment of going Dutch performing on the parking deck mm-hmm. of Spring and Chicago. Yeah. We had... We were able to bring Going Dutch back live and in person. Um, and Going Dutch is my baby. It's mm-hmm. the celebration of the female voice in the arts. And this year will be the 12th. but So this was the 11th in 2021. And um, a trio by one of my fave groups, Hot Crowd, opened the show uh, after we set up a crazy performance space on the rooftop of the parking garage on Spring and Chicago Street. Mm-hmm. And there was just a moment of sound and three dancers started and having talked to you and Doug Hansen, who was photographing and Amanda and Jamie was there volunteering. Um, a- afterwards, we all were just like, there was just this like, <laughs> Is the first live performance any of us had seen in over a year and it was good and beautiful and um man i'm getting chills thinking (laughs) of it right now but it really choked me up i missed dance i missed live performance um and missed building things with you and amanda especially um making stuff happen and so um that was that was my my a number one moment Whew, boy, that's that's a good moment. That was for sure a good moment. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would have to pick one, and I don't remember any right now. Uh, boy, oh my gosh, I don't know. I really don't. I it's uh, I, I I'm radio silence. Um, <laughs> well, I I'll throw one out for Tanner that is kind of side street based, but we <laughs> were just lucky enough to go see the band Beach Bunny yeah in Arizona in December and watching a band that you know in a small way started with and around side street grow into this now international touring band mm. um with some success and just a beautiful following yeah um magic i'm putting i'm putting that in your mouth as one of your yeah a, a well, plus moments for of sure last year. for sure i think another one um really boy i did honestly it was a blur the summer was a blur i really setting up the farmer's market, the the bar at the farmer's market, I loved doing that because I got to talk to more people. And, and of course, my roots as a 
server bartender uh, come back because I can pretty much talk to anyone. But also, I enjoyed I enjoy that. It's not just I have to because I so didn't. So even have though to. you were, <sighs> yeah, and stamping yeah. around and huffing and puffing while setting up. Well, do it right or don't do it. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> Uh, hey, I know how it works. I wanted it a specific way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was really great. It was uh, so great one to... week. Nick and I were putting away the tent, and he was like, "Does it go like this or like this?" And I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "But whichever way we decide, it's gonna be wrong, and Tanner will tell us." And boop, 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 boop. flash forward one week, it was wrong, and Tanner told us. <laughs> Do you remember why it was wrong? Nope. See, you have to tell that, us again next You didn't week. learn a lesson. <laughs> but it's not wrong. It fit in the bag, so it's not wrong. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Anyone that owns a tent anyway. will tell you there's a specific way you should put it in. Uh, yeah, the one of the really the coolest things I got to do last year was to video um, the setup for um, the... Uh, uh, Oh my gosh! What's the name? Uh, uh, Little Horror, Park of Little Horrors. Park of Horrors Two. That was at Wing Park that Fred and uh, the city uh, put together. It's Fred's um, again because we couldn't do Nightmare last year. We because they couldn't do <laughs> Nightmare last year or the year before. Last year was the second year. Anyway, I got to see you know just a little bit of how much it takes to set something like that up, um, and then I made a a video. Uh, promo video and you know talking with Fred hopefully this year we'll be able to do Nightmare and I really want to be able to video that um, as a spectacle is like the setup and the actual uh, the actual event itself because it is so important and a lot of people don't have the chance to see it and they should and that's something we should help promote for our downtown for our city in general um well, the but that process was really fun. is so important to both of us process of anything yeah and as downtown business owners we really get front row seats to watching nightmare get set up and the good and the bad and the ugly of all of it yeah. but it's so fun to watch and then we always come down early the next morning and and watch it start to go away as well i mean it takes it, so many people and so much work so many people. but that all is is fun and fascinating to watch and i i feel like through videos like that other people understand yes the amount of work but also the artistry that goes into all of it as well right and it, it's it's a it's an it's a selling point too you know for for us for for elgin and it's just great to be involved in something like that and the very little that i have been or was last year but um another great thing again it's you know spreading our net wide fish fish for fringe uh we always do a open call for uh tech people right i'm the tech director for the elgin fringe festival and uh this person who i never met but they'd worked at uh cincinnati fringe i believe um you know they they submitted and uh talked with them and and i ended up uh, hiring them and a person's name was Chris James, uh, Christopher James and Wasserman, Wasserman, Wasserman. Is that, yeah, I can't, I always, his email comes up as Christopher James. Uh, yeah, it's Wasserman, I think. Uh, Wesselman. That's right. Got it right, Chris, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> just Chris. <laughs> yeah, just Chris. Uh, 
and was super, super great to work with and a real professional. And it was a real breath of fresh air. We also had other people come back this year or last year that, um, that hadn't, we hadn't worked with in a while, but working with Chris was really, they kind of, um, were the, uh, embodiment of fringe spirit. Kindred and, spirit. Yeah. And I, I hope, uh, they're going to come back this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, doing all those, uh, I guess it's, you know, we're, we got pretty good at, you know, creating events, producing events, but doing it differently and out of our safety zone or out of our whatever, like it, that's really inspiring. Cause it's like, we know we can do it because it has, A, it has to get done. So just figure it out. But B, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're able to do those really great things and, and the fringe bringing fringe back was definitely one of my highlights. I do wish we had a blimp, but, uh, helium prices are so expensive that it's, we're not going to do it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, those are some really fond memories. Um, because you talk a lot and I see you have now written a list, uh, let's move on to 2022 and it looks like you have cool. some stuff you're looking forward to in 2022. For sure. Um, we are bringing back our art clash. Um, this will be, we, it was supposed to be this month. We pushed it back to February 12th, I think. 12th, something like that. Uh, you can register online if you like. Not at... for the twelfth. That one's full. But oh, did, oh my! One. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind, everybody. Um, but yeah. So what it is? We set up here in the. Well, we set up in the theater, and six people in each round. Two rounds. Four yeah. people. We're, We're it's a four. little smaller okay. this time, but yeah. That's how we did it in the past. Uh, and then you, everybody comes in, and they walk around in the big tornado. Uh, and then uh, they vote, and then eventually there's going to be a, a, a final. But yeah, bringing that back. This is so the art. The first art clash that we did was actually multimedia. So we are moving forward to the way we used to do it, uh, where it's just going to be visual art and uh, 2D painting, right? And so, we're making one adapt adaptation. For this time, uh, round one, 20 minutes, then the next group paints for 20 minutes, and then the final round is 30 minutes. Ah, so those yep. painters competing for that week's title will get an extra 10 minutes. That might be good for those painters. It might be bad for yeah. those painters, um, but that'll be fun to see, too. Yep. Um, let's see. Then we have our wind. Well, let's see. Dark Matters is uh, a, a name for a different event that never took off uh, that I wanted to do. But uh, it has now been transformed into a podcast festival, and it's called Dark Matters. And this one is called Winter Tales. Um, a deep, dark, uh, something, I can't remember the, the tagline, but uh, that's going to be February 25th and 26th. We have a full lineup of local um Local podcasters, we are going to be doing a paranormal, um, uh, we're doing, a, what is it called, a paranormal uh, uh, investigation, Sam. no, paranormal, paranormal, paranormal investigation, along with um, some tarot card reading by the Mayfields. And, and I don't have the list in front of me right now, but we've got Bob After Dark's coming, Ghostly Podcast is coming. Um, quite special quite unusual i believe is coming i could be wrong um 
And then we have the true crime podcast. Uh, Bad taste. Bad taste. Crime. Pod. Crime podcast. They changed their name. Uh, they're coming, and I think I mean it's going to be great. We've got some AMAs on Saturday, the twenty sixth, uh, but it's, it starts What's Friday, the twenty fifth. Uh, I actually don't know. It's just a talk back. I don't know what it stands for. Uh, American oh, Medical Association. <laughs> it's like a Q&A? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a workshop. So, um, and then... What does AMA stand for? I don't know. I don't know. If anyone's out there, tell us right now. Ask me ask. <laughs> but this is really exciting. The, our, the folks from Ghostly who yeah. we've developed a relationship with over the Fringe Festivals, maybe they've been there two or three years in a row. Yeah. They won our, our uh, Best of Fringe Award last year. And um, they actually got a grant from the Elgin Cultural Arts Commission, yep. so so there's support there. And I think it's going to be, correct me if I'm wrong, 10 bucks to come in and check out yeah. all, so, all the stuff going on. $10 festival pass. It gets you into one show or it gets you into all the shows. So uh, on top of that, we're going to be doing, we're knock on wood, we're going to be doing a live stream of it on Facebook. And that will be $10 as well. Um and you can just stay at home and watch it if you like. So we're going to be working on that. Um, tickets are on the website, uh, SciStreetStudioArts.org slash Dark Matters. It's going to be great. Yeah, very, very exciting. Um, I'm going to sneeze. Also on this <laughs> list is our winter mini fringe, which was supposed to happen in January at... Elgin Public House um, upstairs in Pub 217. But again, we pushed back for health and safety reasons, and it will be coming to us in March instead, still at Elgin Public House. Yes, yes, still uh, upstairs at Pub 217, Elgin Public House. Um, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, anybody that's been up there for Fringe knows it's a cool little spot. Um, yeah. Some great returning faves are coming back. Um, Danny, who is your silent partner, who yes. was with us a few years ago, he performed at Exhibition Hall at Hemmons. For those of you who remember, had people dress up like Where's Waldo, and then he had to find like it's crazy. Just one of our favorite shows we've ever seen at Fringe. So um, he will be coming back. Laura Scruggs, who was. Uh, performed Punk Grandpa at our very first Elgin Fringe Festival, now has created uh, a full cast rendition of Punk Grandpa that Tanner and I saw in Chicago a few months ago um, and are thrilled to have yeah, her awesome. work back. It's a great, loving, endearing show. And then Elgin's own, everyone's favorite, Kelly Bolton, um, <laughs> will be joining us, and we're thrilled. It's been a few years since we've been yeah. able to see Kelly's work. So, um, you know, <laughs> knock at Tanner did just knock on wood, but knocking on wood that um, everyone is still able in March. We're looking forward to inviting them all back to Elgin. Yeah. And to, so a couple more things. We've got our year nine, our nine year anniversary exhibit coming up in March, uh, first Friday in March. And that oh, submissions are open. People can make them online uh, at, a, at our, on our website under uh, calls for art. Um, so that, of course, is a, normally a really big show. Um, and that's that that's, one you can submit one piece. Yep, one and piece. And we this put year. up work until the walls are full, but then it is there's judges right. and there are cash prizes and lab membership prizes yep. and side street swag prizes. Um, always a really fun, beautiful sure. show. 
Then in April, we are partnering with One Billion Rising uh, the, the, and Elgin's The Long Red Line for an exhibition and uh, uh, three weeks of performances, uh, the last three Thursdays in April. One night of poetry, one night of dance, one night of music. And we are accepting, it, it, we, are, we are curating, but also allowing for, we're, there's, it's an open call for that. And that's on our website as well. Um, the Long Red Line is, uh, or One Billion Rising is a group that is focused on um, uh, uh, sexual assault uh, survivors. Um, and then they work with a group uh, called it was MMIW, which is uh, Missing, Murdered, Indigenous Women. And um, we're partnering with um, uh, a local community member uh, that is in charge of that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really great show. It's going to be a month-long exhibit, too. Uh, so, but yeah, those, that call for art is up as well. Um, that's in April, May, don't know the exhibit right now, but we are, uh, I'm excited because we are going to be bringing back, knock on wood, Battle of the Bands, uh, live this summer and, uh, very exciting because we took last year off. So it's, um, I think people are going to be real ready to get back in here and get sweaty and loud. Um, then we have a lot coming up. So we, we go into June is going, going Dutch. Dutch. July uh, is yeah something. I don't know. August, we were doing another install exhibit where it is um, in space. Um, uh, Site-specific site specific installations. Site-specific 3D installations. Um, September Fringe, October something wicked. Uh, I don't know about November. And then December something wicked. We oh, also, wait, no, no. Uh, December is going to be um, something we, else. Yeah, <laughs> We also remember. have a lot of performance season stuff lots coming up, Lots of performances, too, so. yeah. Lots of live music that uh, our music coordinator, Peter, um, they've scheduled. Uh, we actually had to bump a couple of touring artists this month because of the COVID. Um, but, yeah, we'll be bringing a lot more people back to be playing this summer and this spring, actually, too. Why do you keep doing this? Doing what? This. Doing what? This. <laughs> Why? I enjoy being a part of something that is important. Even if I hadn't started Side Street or, you know, even if I hadn't started it, I would be really proud to work here um, and be a part of it. Um, I, I always think about like where I can volunteer, you know, and do other things in our community. And, you know, I do a little bit, but if I wasn't working here, I would volunteer here as well. Um, and, but why? Because of everything we offer. I love the fact that we are able to, I'm very proud of the fact that we've created an organization where we are able to, uh, try new things. And that allow my personality is like, I get bored with projects. Like if I'm, if I get to a point and it's done great, but if I have to continue working on that same project, I get really bored. So it's nice for me, uh, in the way, my way I think and the way I work to be able to do new things. I have new tasks. I have new projects that I can work on and then it, I'm good at it too. And that's really what, why I enjoy it and why I, am still here, you know, um, I love it.
I love being able to come in and see people showing their work for the first time, for the hundredth time. I hear time and time again, you know, like people come in and they just, they love a band or they love a piece of art or they just love what we do. Um, we're donating a lot of space we have over the past couple of years. And I know we, people, some people need that more than they need us as the whole. They might just need the space to create. They might just need the space for a, a wedding reception or something like that. And, and if we have that space, you know, I mean, we rent, of course, but we're helping our community. We're helping people that need things. And that, to me, is the best thing that anybody can do. Um, why do you still do this? I think I think there's no choice. I think everything I've worked professionally on in my life has been leading to this yeah. from dancing as a little kid to growing up in Elgin to different nerdy leadership camps <laughs> to being on the newspaper in high school yeah. to working at different nonprofits. We just I just turned in my student loan application because working at a nonprofit, blah, 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 and had forgotten about all, all, the, the, non other all the other nonprofits work? I've worked for. I love working for nonprofits. I love working in the arts. I love writing. <laughs> I love talking to people and finding out their stories. And this does all of that. Yeah. It also still leaves me time to teach in dance studios and see my family in Arizona and flexibility yeah, of lifestyle sure. is super, has become super important. Um, and gosh darn it, if I don't just love downtown Elgin <laughs> and all the nonsense and beauty that comes with being a part of such a small yeah. But um, interesting and creative and frustrating and beautiful community. And it just so happens to be my hometown. So it's been really amazing to watch the evolution. Um, we both love to work. And sometimes that can be a problem. But working on this is really most of the time joyful. And uh, even when it isn't. <laughs> it's still awesome you know it's like we're not like it's just one of those things even when it sucks sometimes right which it, it does it everything does, right? does sometimes we're still i mean we've talked about it before people are like hey it, it sucks but you're still doing that thing you're still doing this cool thing but early on we worked with different people or met different people that um, would shrug us off, be like, okay, that's nice that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, or not like the way we were doing something. Um, not to say that we were perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but there, it always came back to, well, you're going to burn out that way, or you're right. going to, or this, that, and the, here's a million reasons why this probably isn't going to work for you. Um, and it still does. And and as we talked about earlier, every, we just keep adapting, and that's really exciting. My attention span isn't as short as Tanner's, but it's it's close. 
and oh, not know. changing able to change focus as often as we get to and have to for side street um my soul would be dying a little bit um yeah. if we weren't able to do that so it kind of combines how i work best with what i care about most um sure. in an Absolutely. area that means so much to me and um so the, that's why there's a pretty good reasons <laughs> so far so good yeah. Right. Um, hmm. Thanks for doing this with me. Thank you for doing this with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Fred next time about the February show. Cool. So it won't be as much um, hu husband and wife banter. Yeah. But Fred and I have some banter. Yeah. yeah for sure. I haven't even asked him yet. So I probably you shouldn't. Should, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll listen to this and be like, oh. Oh, I got to do that. Um, thank you, everyone, for supporting yep, Side Street. You. Tanner, thank you for joining me today Thanks here. for joining me today. And uh, be sure to like and follow us on all the social media. Check us out at sidestreetstudioarts.org for information on all the Side Street things. Um, and keep coming back to Connected. There's lots of great interviews. Go back in the feed. There's some really interesting um, people that we've gotten to talk to um, and information that has come out of this. So thank you all for an interesting and wonderful 2021. And um, let's all take care of each other and look forward to a creative and beautiful 2022. Okay, Tanner? Okay, Tanner. <laughs> See you later. See you later. Thanks, guys. Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Nolan. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.